0: to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Busy week for sure, but uh you know, we're here. Um yeah, not not too much going on around the league. we were just talking uh before this. Not really anything extra special going wrong. No really league-wide news <clears throat> other than maybe uh, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, where we had Roberto Luongo, Panthers legend, going to the
1: Hall. Uh, in your opinion, Roberto Luongo, easy vote for a Hall of Famer? I think so. Like, he, he was so good for so long. Um, he, you know, even though he had kind of the bulk of his, like, prime in Vancouver, um I, I don't think anybody can take away from what he did in Florida. Um, I, I To me, I don't think it was even a, a difficult decision for Hall of Fame.
0: <clears throat> no, like, the thing is, like, to me, like, we we grew up during, you know, River Luongo's time in the league, mm-hmm. um, right? And he was always, you know, among one of the best goalies in the league. And so, in like, in my head, I was like, Easy vote for a Hall of Famer, right? But right. then, when you look or like when you actually look at his career accomplishments, is not as impressive as you would think. It really like, isn't. The thing that stands out is fourth all time in wins, which is big, and especially because he didn't well, he played on some not great teams, mm-hmm. and was you know, the best player on, on some of those teams. But he never won a Vesna. He never won a Stanley Cup. He, you know, he won some Olympic gold medals. But outside of that, there isn't really much, but still, in my mind, easy vote for a Hall of Famer.
1: Right. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. that. It's the... <clears> he <throat> <you> got <throat> so close. <clears throat> he, he did. Really he, did. He, he got very close. He got really close, and it it, it it's kind of a shame that like we can't say that he has uh, a Stanley Cup, but like <clears throat> and if there was ever like a good guy that would like just deserve one, I think he would be pretty pretty far up at the top of that list.
0: Well, I think like you would have to say he's one of the best players ever to never win a cup. Yeah. And I think you'd have to say he's probably one of the best goalies to never win a cup. I I think so. Right when when you're looking at that that list, like it's like he's there. quist would be there. Carey Price would probably be in the mix. Um. So to me, uh, it, it's unfortunate they never like. I wish you would have won one. Mm-hmm. But. Undoubtedly, in that generation of goalies, you know him, Lundqvist, Flurry. To me, those guys are all Hall of Fame caliber goalies, despite not winning a cup, except for Flurry, obviously.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. It's like, and they they kind of defined a generation of goaltending. You know, they were- like like they, that was just like that. That was an entirely different generation of goaltenders than what we have now yeah and there's probably even one between what we have now and and them um like they they were instrumental in in shaping that and they were they were kind of the pioneers isn't the right word but you know these guys were they 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 really it was a new breed
0: yeah they were all you know very good young goalies and like Big thing for me is also with Luongo, it's the longevity of his career, too. Like, yeah, there are some goalies, like, goaltending is a very uncertain position in the league. There aren't a ton and ton of goalies who are very good year over year, and that's what Luongo was. He was, you know, the model for for consistency along with a couple of those other guys. Um, so to have him in the hall of fame is just fantastic, and also to go in alongside his good friends from Vancouver, the Sedin brothers is also super cool to see.
1: It it really was like just the the three of them were so like, and, and we're kind of going apart. And that was just the, for Vancouver, you know, like they, they carried a franchise like on the ice and off the ice. Like you can't forget about that. And they, they were, like they, they were the franchise and they were so important to that organization and that's, it, it was really cool to see all three of them get inducted at the same time. Um. So, yeah, it's just it's kind of, it's kind of sad because you, you kind of remember your first hockey memory then they kind of, those players were all part of it and you got to see them retire and now like Hall of Fame like it's it's kind of the the end of an era, but um, it's it's really really good to see and made me happy.
0: Yeah, it made me happy too. I mean, I was you know I was really happy. I was able to see Roberto Luongo once live during his career, and it was the game after uh after the Parkland shooting, and he did a speech before the game. Oh wow. Well and that so that was like really powerful really cool to see and you can see like in that speech like what like the community of like south florida means to him as well mhm right like it's you know it's where it's where he lives right it's where his family is it's where he wants to be um so that was really cool so i'm really happy to see a player like that uh getting honored
1: yeah i i definitely think so too and it's, yeah, you're just you're happy for the guy. You know they've been through so much that it's just it's just really good to see them actually like like especially for somebody like Luongo like to never win the most prized possession but still be recognized as the greatest of all time like that's it. must be it must mean a tremendous amount to them. Oh,
0: I'm I'm sure it does. It's a huge honor, I think, for for mm-hmm. any player. Uh, Before we move on, I have one last question for you. Do you think there are any future Hall of Famers on the current Panthers roster? Yes. All right, who do you think it is?
1: I think Barkov.
0: I think if Barkov wins, let's say, two more uh, Selkie trophies over his career, and hopefully wins a cup. I think he's like if he wins a cup, it's a lock. If if I think if he wins a cup and he wins another cell, he absolutely a lock.
1: Like absolute lock, right? Um, yeah, <coughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there any if there's anybody else. I got two other names, like, guys. I'd love to see Aaron Ekblad get a look. Yeah, it's tough. If he needs a north, he gets injured so often. He he hasn't been able to like put up like anyways. Um, Bobrovsky with two Vezinas. If he could somehow somehow win a third, (laughs) he's not looking like that recently. I know it's asking for a ton, but my more realistic, I think, like why not Spencer Knight?
0: Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. A um, awesome
1: and we'll, we'll see how Matthew Kachuk's career goes because you never know.
0: Yeah, if he can be a 100-point guy for like... Every season, yeah. Then he's probably... a All right, and again, wins a cup, at least one in there. Yeah. yeah, he's probably looking like an all-fame guy. The other guy, though, who I'm surprised you didn't mention, and I'm also equally as surprised that this man... Is still on the Florida Panthers. What about Eric Stahl?
1: Yeah. Like probably. I just
0: He's got a cop, he's got some gold medals, he's got a couple hundred point seasons.
1: He'll definitely, he'll definitely No, he is one his he one. He'll definitely get into the Hall of Fame, I think. But he's not is he really a Panther?
0: No, that's the thing is like he is, but should he be? The answer is no. Like, please yeah, no. Exactly but definitely some candidates but it's so early in a lot of these guys careers like you couldn't really tell like there yeah, are some really there cool. are some guys like very early in their career you could be like they're a lock like McDavid's a lock like Matthews is probably a lock right yeah right Ovechkin Crosby locks, right but a lot of these guys it's just too early to tell and I think they need to have some level of team success or international success to really make the case for them mm-hmm. but there are definitely some candidates in there. Um, but speaking about Eric Stahl, though, translates, transitions really well into the yeah. next thing I wanted to bring up. Rudolph's bolsters going on waivers and then subsequently getting claimed by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you like this move?
1: Well, no, because you're losing a guy for free, but at the same time, like, it's it is what it is. It's part of the business um I I see why he got claimed well thing
0: like <clears throat> I I really like Rudy bolers's I think he like I liked what he brought to this team right a lot of versatility as a player he can play with a bit of grit he's got some skill um so I really liked what he brought to this this Panthers lineup um I saw some people reacting on Twitter as like oh this is like the worst thing ever, like to lose Rudy Ballsters and to lose him to Tampa Bay, no less. I'm like, yeah, that hurts. But he isn't like, like there is a reason he's on waivers. He's not right un- unbelievable. Like, I think he's a very good player. I think there are definitely some people I would have put on waivers ahead of him. Like an Eric Stahl. Yeah. Right. Like I get like They, they had to put somebody on waivers. He probably wouldn't have been the guy would have picked. And I'm sure Florida, didn't want to they just kind of felt like he was the extra guy but yeah uh and then just seeing him go to tampa though also sucks
1: he really does
0: like, because i do think like he's an nhl quality player like he's a bottom six guy but he's an nhl quality player and tampa bay is a team that's struggling right now they're a bit thin all around their lineup and they just added some depth by bringing in Rudy Ballsters. So you also hate to see that.
1: You really do. And it's like, because you know, you know Zito would have probably never never traded him to Tampa. No. Like, even getting a return. So that's that's the frustrating part. I agree.
0: Right. Like if he if he had gone somewhere else, it's like, you know what? If it's a place where he's gonna get like more ice time, more opportunity, like if he got claimed by like Arizona, I'm like, that sucks for Rudy, but you know, yeah you get he's getting a bit more opportunity there because Arizona has like nobody <laughs> like do, how many players could you name on the Arizona roster right now?
1: Probably like five.
0: It's my point.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Like I could I could name
0: a lot because I had to I watched them the other night for work. But there's a lot of guys where it's like what
1: I, I agree it's uh, it's kind of crazy because because they're actively just trying to lose is what they're doing yeah it seems like like you look at some of the
0: the teams out there right now and it does seem like they're trying to lose yeah right like they they have to be
1: they have to it's there's no other explanation
0: right like there' are also some like teams that are just, like been shockingly bad like St. Louis is, like, 5-8 and right now. Yeah, Minnesota
1: picked up. Minnesota picked up from the last time we spoke.
0: Yeah, and I figured they would put it together. Ottawa? Ottawa's been shockingly bad.
1: Like, I don't know if it'd be shockingly, but definitely surprisingly.
0: Yeah, like, I don't think anyone was like, they're a playoff team this year. Like, they're a lock, but you thought they'd be better. And
1: they're they're
0: probably a team that's looking at coaching right now.
1: <laughs> what, like, and and yeah, and Dorian, you know, he that was a vote of confidence. Yeah, even oh, though he said it wasn't, but yeah, but. But Ottawa, sure, like,
0: like you, like you, finally given DJ Smith like a workable roster, and the results still aren't there.
1: It's, yeah, well, that's the thing. But then he comes out and he says, like, oh, we have full support in this guy. And I was like, how? And it's, it's so fascinating because truly it seems that less one or two teams, the divisions have realigned. Yeah. To what, like, we would have expected them to be. Like I can see one surprise in each. Well, one surprise goes with one like one positive and one negative surprise in each division. All right, well, let's go through them. Yeah. All right, let's go. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's start with the Metro. Do you want to start? Do you want to start Metro? Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: guess that you're gonna say your positive surprise has been the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. But listen, I had the New Jersey Devils finishing second in this division. This is no surprise to me.
1: And. Uh, you know, I, I I thought they were going to be good, but twelve and three, that is really good.
0: Like they've been unbelievable. They, like they yeah. are they are scoring goals. They also right like they're not like their goaltending's not been good. No, and they're still getting these type of results. Um, I'm gonna go like I expected the Islanders. To, I expect the Devils to be to be good this year, but I think the Islanders yeah. are a bigger surprise.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, to be honest, the negative surprise, there's a category for Washington slash Pittsburgh where, like, they just, like, is this the year they finally regress? Well, And
0: Pittsburgh got off to such a great start this year.
1: Exactly. And
0: then it's just been bad.
1: So that'll be really interesting to monitor if they can pick themselves back up. And then I don't think anybody expected Columbus to be this bad bad but not this bad
0: yeah i thought columbus was going to be better and they just lost warensky for the year too yeah
1: so that's that's really really that's a tough tough position but like the good thing for them is there's no urgency they don't have to be really good this year
0: i just think is like columbus i thought yeah they'd be a little bit better than they have been this year but i don't like if i'm if i'm a blue jackets fan i'm thinking this isn't the worst thing in the world right because they have a ton of really good prospects coming through. You got mm-hmm. a really deep draft coming up. You know, if you get one of those top 3 picks, you know you're getting, you know, probably an impact player with Bedard Fantilli or, or Mitchkov. And even outside that tier, there's some really good players. Um exactly. So, so uh, it is not the end of the world for them. Uh,
1: there is by no means am I on the panic button. If I'm the Columbus Blue Jackets, I am just riding this out and I might even be enjoying the ride, riding it out if you like uh, I don't think it's the it's a bad it's kind of good to be really bad in a season if your team is underperforming well I think you, like you don't want to be last <clears throat> and actually suck you want to be last and be underperforming
0: yeah like I think the worst thing is when you're kind of in that like purgatory state of like not quite good enough to make the playoffs or just good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to win. Right. Like if you're in that middle tier, like that sucks. But when you're at the top of the league or when you're at the bottom of the league, at least you can be optimistic about something.
1: Exactly. There's, I, I think there's validity in saying like, there is no point in competing unless you know, for a fact that you will be like, good. Like yeah, and and this is a position where Columbus—it's like they're not—they're not by any means a cup contender. They'd be—they'd be lucky to be competing for a playoff spot this season. I think we can all agree that's where we thought they'd be. Yeah, might might as well be last and get something out of it, rather than finish. I don't know. Twentieth in the NHL and get diddly squat like
0: yeah no, I know there's a there's a guy I follow on Twitter and he puts out like I don't know it's weekly or monthly but he puts out like an NHL like fan base like sadness indicator with like analytics of like based on where your team's projected to finish like how like sad you should be and all of, and like the saddest ones are in that like middle group of like bad but not bad enough yeah because that's where it sucks Right, like We remember from the years where the Panthers, they weren't very good, right? But at least every year, I was like, oh, like an Aaron Ekblad, a you know, an Alexander Barkov, a Huberto. Like, at least you're getting like a good young player. Right. At least like with a, with a high pick. So there's something to be excited about. But being in that middle group is just terrible. And right now, that's where, you know, it looks like you're going to find teams like Pittsburgh and Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine they'll both leapfrog Philadelphia because they've been sliding
1: on account of being,
0: on account of just being a bad hockey team.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing. We'll get to the Atlantic in a set and after we do the West. But teams that started off hot are not hot anymore. And those (laughs) are the teams you'd expect not to be hot. So, and, and that, that's kind of what I'm talking about this realigning. And if, if we go over, to central.
0: Oh, we're hopping central next.
1: Yeah, or we can do Pacific. It's as you wish. I figure we do the Atlantic at the
0: end. No, no, you you they control you. Let's go. Let's go central.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I personally would have never expected the Winnipeg Jets to be second in this division. Well,
0: that's because you don't believe in Connor Halabak at all.
1: Can you blame me?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's terrible, terrible opinion to have. <laughs> Also, it should be noted by the way, the Winnipeg Jets, like for the first, I don't know, I think he's back now, but they didn't have Rick Bonus behind the bench. He had COVID. Yeah.
1: Like, so with like
0: a replacement coach and they're still second in that division,
1: stripping the camp captaincy from Wheeler completely. Like, it's just. It's a great look for Blake
0: Wheeler's leadership abilities.
1: Exactly. The fact that the Winnipeg Jets are doing so well right now, I think that's just a shock. And. That's meanwhile, also with Kyle Connor
0: not scoring. By the way,
1: exactly. Like it's just it's they've been playing some just really good Winnipeg hockey. I think I I like to call it. Um, I think it's
0: the the Sam Gagnier effect.
1: And, and there's always a um, coinciding like negative surprise in St. Louis. Shocking. What has been going on in St. Louis?
0: And it's honestly like I've watched like St. Louis play a bunch this year. And they on, they don't look as bad as that record is. They really don't.
1: And and like, I can already like see the headlines. Like if they if they bounce back, to be like, oh, they were last like this. They're underperforming as well. They're in the same category here, but they should be a little more concerned than Columbus.
0: Yeah, because they're not anticipating being exactly,
1: this bad. exactly. right. Exactly.
0: And we are we are closing in on like that 20 game mark of the season. And that's kind of when you really figure things out
1: mm-hmm. as
0: to what teams are and aren't for the most part. Um for me, like the the Central is a bit of a mashup right now where I didn't I didn't anticipate Nashville and St. Louis being as bad as they are. And Arizona and Chicago have also been better than what I thought they would be. I do think like Winnipeg's obviously the clear surprise with how good they've been. But um, Chicago's been uh, decent, too. And I like yeah. that their, their whole, like, organizational philosophy at this point is kind of just like, oh, we're vibing. Like, if we're bad, we're bad. And they're still not even that bad.
1: Yeah, like, I would have definitely expected Nashville to be ahead of both Arizona and Chicago.
0: Absolutely. Uh, 100%. And right now, those teams are playing them. Kirill Melka, by the way, playing really good hockey in Arizona.
1: And mm-hmm. that was- that was one of the five players on Arizona I could name. Yeah. I, I could not spell his name though.
0: No one can. It cannot be done. Um yeah, like they've been like they're not great, but they like I thought they were gonna be like last, like emphatically. Exactly. And they you are know, they got the arena bumping, like a little college barn. They're doing all right. Um and they we-
1: love it, I think.
0: I think they I think like I what like lean into it, right? Yeah. Like I would uh, like.
1: Yeah, and I think it is a decent atmosphere to watch a hockey game. I just don't think anything other than watching a hockey game there is great, especially for the players. Like visiting team and home team. Like I still don't think Arizona has their dressing room built.
0: No, it's not done yet. Once like once they get that built, I think be... it's gonna be fine.
1: It's gonna be fine, but it's also gonna be in a separate building, so I don't know how, how great it's gonna be.
0: Yeah, at least there's no snow at the walk outside. It's like still nice out. Very, and I think the players also like that the arena is like actually like easy to get to. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, it's probably.
0: And I also agree with like, I've watched like a lot of games around the week, and like, the games are. I know there's only five thousand people in that that ring, but they are loud. And it is like a very intimate environment. And I think it makes for a better fan experience than spreading out 9,000 fans in an 18,000 seat arena.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Like there are some games I watch on TV, like especially like some of the afternoon games where like it kind of just looks like dead and lifeless. Yeah. And so I like that at least they have, you know, something going and it's, you know, a unique thing. Like like yeah. if I like if I was down in Arizona, I would catch a game there for sure. I'm just very curious. I think so too. Like yeah, it's not great for the league, but if I'm a player, I'm a fan, like it's fine.
1: I enjoy it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think and- I think it'd be cool to attend.
0: Oh yeah. Like at least like I'm not gonna buy a season ticket, but I'll go. I'll sit yeah. in the student section.
1: Maybe we should go see the Panthers next year. In Arizona? In Arizona.
0: Yeah, I got, I got a place where you can stay.
1: Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. no. I wish yeah. I could offer something, but I can't. I don't know anything. Yeah,
0: and, uh, drinks on you.
1: Huh? Well, we can discuss that at a future time.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll figure it out. But like, it'd be let's we'll see. And I also like to like that's uh, in this rink for what like three years. Yeah. And it's, it's nice that like in three years you're hoping they would actually be like better, and then they can move to their nice rink with a good team.
1: Hmm.
0: that it would coincide nicely with their, like, extensive rebuild around Barrett Hayden.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I will never, like, I, I don't know about you, but whenever I think slash see Barrett Hayden, like, I just, the only thing I can picture is his dumbass, the fucking helmet on his head during the Russian National Anthem.
0: Right.
1: Like, that's literally the only... F- thing i can think of and it pisses me off
0: oh when i think of barrett hayton i think the next tyler bozak
1: oh that's a good comparable though
0: right like honestly not that bad could be worse
1: it really could be
0: but so they've been, they've been decent this year. They, I'll give them credit. They've been better than I thought they'd be. Uh, should we yeah. move on to the Pacific?
1: Yes, let's do it. All right. I mean... There's no real bad surprise other than, I guess, the Calgary Flames to a certain extent. But I think this is very similar to Minnesota. It's just kind of like reshuffling and they'll catch their stride.
0: Well, and especially because, again, Calgary had a lot of changes, especially with their core over the offseason. You yep. can't expect them to just have it all like ready to go opening night. You There's going to be some adjustments and Chris Tanev was hurt. And to me, like he's one of their most important players on and off the ice for that organization. Yeah. Like he drives the bus for them defensively. As I saw some people saying on Twitter, he's back now Uh big win yesterday over the, over the jets. So I, I believe the flames will turn around. So I'm not going to, uh, to me, disappointment, Vancouver. Like San Jose and Anaheim, we knew were awful. Vancouver.
1: Neither of us had them making the playoffs.
0: No, but I don't think either of us said they're gonna blow like an infinite amount of two goal leads.
1: No, but like, I don't know, sixth in the division. That's probably like, that's not that bad. I see, like, I, I, I really didn't expect much from Vancouver, which is why. Yes, they've blown all these two-goal leads, but I'm like, well, yeah, like, what else were they supposed to do? Now, yeah. I, I do believe there's a there's an issue organizationally with, like, where they, they think they're going and where they're actually going. Yeah. But other than that, and, you know, I, and I think Vancouver, I think Vancouver's another one, like Columbus, that if you can manage to finish last with the roster you have, might not be the worst thing
0: yeah they're they're so weird because they, they have some really really good young pieces and besser patterson hughes Damco. like those are really good young pieces that teams would love to be able to build around but then they've just surrounded them with these like immovable like bloated contracts that yep. make it so hard to surround them with like players like i don't know what the goal was there
1: i i don't know either and it's it's just that, bad pro why, scouting
0: and really good amateur scouting.
1: Exactly. And that's why I'm like, I'm I'm fine. Like not having them as a surprise just because they're, they're just what they're doing makes so little sense to me that it's just like, ugh, whatever.
0: Yeah. I, I, I will say off the ice have been very entertaining too. Lots of drama. I,
1: I have really enjoyed that part. Yeah.
0: I I love the Vancouver Canucks like Twitter discourse. It's been fantastic
1: so really they've been, been they've been
0: really good for that. But I think like in terms of this division, like that's the like them and Calgary have been a bit disappointing. I think Seattle and LA are overachieving a little bit of what we it's thought of Seattle.
1: them. Seattle. Seattle to me is amazing because Seattle does not have like an it guy.
0: What do you mean? They have an like, it guy, and it's Maddie Veneers.
1: Like they do, but like on paper, he's not even a point per game. Like that. Like, they don't have one guy who's out producing everyone.
0: No, I th- I think the big, like, Seattle, the, the big moves they made in the offseason, bringing in Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand, which essentially gave them two-thirds of their top line, I think that's huge for them. Because I think a big issue for them last year was they had a lot of guys playing a bit over their head. And now they're able to slot them into, like, roles where they're better suited.
1: And in, in, in all of this, like, in just... If I can take a more macro approach the two main surprises and i really don't like these surprises have been dave Hackstall and lindy ruff actually coaching good teams yeah and i hate it
0: <clears throat> well i remember i remember uh lindy ruff it was like the devils they got like blown out like their first game of the season right and then they came to play their first home game and they like they are introducing like the staff and the players, and when Lindy Ruff came out, the fans booed him.
1: People, want, people, and he was like so
0: gone. and he was so confused. He was on the bench. He was like, "Huh, I guess they don't like me." And then last night, they're winning against Arizona, and you hear the Lindy chants in the crowd.
1: He just like, in and, and that that's a really good story though, because he won them over. Yeah,
0: Win, so, winning cures everything, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And so yeah, he's been he's been very very good. Um Vegas has been really good in that division too. Like I think yep. we all kind of thought they'd turn back to being the Vegas that we knew, especially with Bruce Cassidy behind the bench. Um but they've been really dominant in that division. LA excellent. Gabe Velarde, he's the guy uh for them right now. Like really deep team and they're kind of just starting to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, they've done a real nice job of rebuilding there, so give them credit. Um, and yeah, should we hop over to the Atlantic, our last division?
1: Yeah, let's finish it off with the Atlantic.
0: All right, um, to me, biggest bad surprise. Oh, uh, like Ottawa, we talked about right? Like, I I wasn't expecting greatness from them. I wasn't expecting they'd run the division, but my God.
1: Could My you, god.
0: Alex Dobrinkett, could you put the puck in the net when there's a goalie there? He's like, done it once.
1: Oh twice, it's been, maybe. I think he scored last night, so I think he's yeah, I think score. so too. Wow. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he had scored in like the season opener.
0: He scored like, an empty netter.
1: Yeah. So And then he had one um, more at some
0: point thrown in there.
1: Oh, he has four now. Wow. Wow. Um oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um. So, yeah, the Ottawa Centers, I just, they made those investments offensively. And you've got to, like, they gave up a seventh overall pick for Alex Debrinkit. They paid Claude Giroux $6 million a year. Yeah. And, you know, like those, the, and the, Tim Stutzel just got paid for an extension. Josh Norris um, got paid. Yeah, Josh And then subsequent to be
0: fair, to be absolutely fair, they did lose their top line center.
1: Yeah, and I for think the entire Josh, year. Yeah, and I think Josh Norris, I think, was safe bet as a point per game player this season. Yeah. I, I, I would have put money on that. Um that that is devastating. He is done for the season. That is devastating. That but like it's hard but, for a lot of like, teams
0: to get over.
1: Like you can't be this bad though. That's just not acceptable, I think.
0: No, but I will say, like, if I was a Suns fan, and obviously our good friend Jacob's a Senators fan. um yes,
1: Jacob Barker, front of the show.
0: At least, like, they're they're bad. They're not winning games. But, like, at least there's some sense of, like, a little bit of optimism. Like, the Debrinket's not scoring, but you at least have Alex Debrinket. Shane Pinto's been pretty good. Um, On the back end, Jake Sanderson's looked very good for them. So there's, like, you 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 wanted your t- you thought your team was going to be better this year you wanted them to be better they're not but the future still looks good it looks really good so you got to be at least happy with that um thankfully Tampa Bay's been really bad this year um just well mm-hmm. first of all the, like like this is also a tough division to really analyze cuz like when we say they're bad like there are two teams below 500 right like it's a very yeah. good division is it's the reality of it, but when you're looking at the division standings right now, um, Tampa Bay, not been great, which you love to see. Um, Boston's been better than I thought they'd be. I'm not gonna lie.
1: I I think so too. I think Boston I think they got to be the be...
0: clear team that's exceeded expectations.
1: Boston is definitely the team that has exceeded expectations. They did really didn't do much in the offseason.
0: Well, they didn't they didn't like they they didn't
1: like they did off the ice like the coaching change was a big one, and I think that's we can credit a lot of success to Montgomery and his staff like they've been really, really good, but on like I feel like on the ice, they really didn't make that many changes,
0: yeah, but they brought in one guy who's been absolutely key I know
1: and it's David David
0: Creechy he's the guy
1: you. It, and it's true. Like I, I'm the I would have been the first. To, I was the first to say that this guy was washed and he shouldn't come back.
0: David Creechy, one of the most underrated players of our generation. These are the facts.
1: It's it's kind of true.
0: He's like been a seventy point guy for like a good while.
1: And isn't it crazy to think
0: as a second line center?
1: Yeah. It's um no the Boston Bruins are the clear cut surprise in my mind, um thirteen and two I think they're first in the NHL. Yeah, um, they gotta be
0: right. It's them yeah, or Vegas.
1: It's like, and Vegas is you know Boston Vegas yeah is the ones who got their coach. Yeah, so no, I what Boston has been able to do minus and this is a shame. The, I mean, the Mitchell Miller situation has to be the first thing you talk about when you talk about the Boston Bruins so far this year and like the incompetency and in management to like deal with something like that, I think is 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 the primary focus. But if you look at their on ice performance, they've been pretty freaking good.
0: I know. like, But imagine being that good on the ice and thinking, oh, my goodness, how could we just like quickly lose our fan base real quick?
1: exactly
0: you know they were trying to go for this whole like oh last dance type thing you know last yeah. year with the bergeron will bring back creachy new face behind the bench it's phil jackson right like they're going for it um and then they're like nah let's just let's just make ourselves really unlikable real quick here for no exactly game whatsoever exactly <laughs> um very clear surprise um We'll get in, though. We should talk some more uh, Panthers hockey. But first, we got a quick ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do, that's code THPN. A DraftKings sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Noah, it's time. The Florida Panthers. It has been. It's 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 been an interesting season. I like. I don't really know how to classify it. Where like, I'm seeing. A lot of people on Twitter being like, oh, fire Maurice. He's a bad coach. It's been a bad season. The Panthers, they're not. They've been unlucky. Like, lads, we're in a playoff spot. People got to chill. I think it's a bit overblown. Like, I think maybe that is just some people holding on to the expectations set by last year. But I think when you look at the amount of changes that happened with this team, Right, the injuries that they've had. Aaron Ekblad finally did come back to the lineup the other day against Edmonton. I'm like, yeah, this is about what I expected from them this year, and I'm not all that upset by it.
1: People should be happy, man.
0: Yeah, I think, I think just enjoy the ride. Uh, and obviously, like, yeah, like there are some things to be frustrated with. I get the team has looked horrendous defensively.
1: Yeah, like you've got to you've got to realize that in you need hindsight in this is just not a Stanley Cup competing year. Like, like those, I I don't I I personally don't think so. I mean, I I I think I think the ultimate like if you can get to to the second round again, I think that is the best case scenario for this team.
0: Yeah, like I like they make the playoffs.
1: I, that that would make me very happy. If we can make it to the second round, that to me would be a successful season. Yeah, like, like a very successful season.
0: Yeah, this, like to me, for this
1: for this group this season, that that is my like ideal expectation. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, like for me, it's not Stanley Cup or bust this season. It's make the playoffs get a little playoff revenue, maybe win a few rounds, enjoy the ride. That's the, that's the mentality I'm going into this season yeah. with. <clears throat> and um, it's, it's been, you know, there's been ups and downs for sure. I'm not saying this team's, you know, perfect. I'd love them to do better personally. Right. Like, yeah. Can the coaching be a little bit better uh, for sure? I mean, are there some guys that are struggling to produce, produce for sure? Uh, I do think also, well, first of all, yeah, I think there's an element of luck that comes into it too. Like, I do think they've been a bit unlucky in some games. Like last, like last night against Edmonton was the afternoon, but they, they were the better team in that game. They deserve to win that game. They don't win that game. And I don't think it's anything they did wrong. Particularly, like, the, yeah, they didn't finish their chances, but at a certain point, you kind of just got a credit. Like, the goalie, you got goalied.
1: Exactly. And right? that like, happens.
0: They, like, they came out flying the first 11 shots of the game. um, And Stuart Skinner, who's been, like, sneaky good this year, really, really, like, the best goalie by far for the Oilers. Really good. Right? And so the game kind of turned into, like, a goalie showdown. And the Panthers were able to, to do well in that for a little while. And then kind of the floodgates started opening in the back half of the game, but um, you know, they had a lot of great scoring opportunities in that first period. They weren't able to find the back of the net. Part of that is finishing part of that is goaltending.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think, I think the Panthers, like they're looking good in these games. I think they're generating enough opportunities to win games. It's just putting the puck in the net um they didn't get a a lot of calls go their way yesterday either i know a lot of people complaining about the officiating um i saw the other day it was not like about a week ago the athletic they put out an article which was like breaking down if the nhl is actually like rigged against your team or rigged in favor of your team
1: interesting
0: and they but for every team they just found like one little reason to be like oh the league rigged against you.
1: <laughs> it would, you probably is.
0: Yeah, it was like it would be like the Nashville one they're like oh refs blowing the whistle when the pucks loop in the Stanley Cup final rigged against you. <laughs> and it would just point out like one egregious call that's gone against oh, every team and so be like good. the league hates you. It was really good. Oh, that's really um, good. But no again, like, I think, you know, I think some some calls maybe uh didn't go the Panthers way. And, you know, hopefully they're able to, uh, you know, find that. Like, I think once the puck starts going in some confidence being built, Um, I think this team, you know, hopefully they're able to string. Like last season, one of the things they were really good at was stringing together, like a bunch of wins in a row. They haven't been able to do that this year. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to see them to uh, be able to do that more. I think, Offensively, they've been fine. Defensively, they haven't been great. Part of that could be coaching. Part of that also could be the personnel and Mark Stahl.
1: Like, that thats that was the problem. Like, the, 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 the problem with building through trades and not building through the draft with roster construction is, Is that you don't get as much control over your salary cap? You don't get, you know, like you don't get the, the, you don't get as much support from entry level contracts and that type of stuff. And you get into positions where it's really tight financially and you're forced to make these just like you don't have a choice. You're forced literally to make these. Findings that make sense kind of but really aren't okay and Mark Stahl is one of them
0: yeah I think you could throw both stalls in there I mean they just they don't have NHL legs anymore and this is a Panthers team that wants to play fast physical in your face and it you can't really do that when one of your guys is 30 feet behind the play because you can't get up ice exactly and that's just what those guys are like it's infuriating to watch
1: it really is
0: and it's tough because like the there is like they are built through the draft in terms of like they have some guys that they've drafted that have been impact players for them like barkov like ekblad like knight like lindell but you know those guys are getting paid now except for knight and lindell and because they're getting paid you don't have as much room to surround them with guys you'd maybe want to and yeah ha- having guys like even though they don't play that much having them out there in your lineup at all kills your team it kills any momentum that you have
1: mm-hmm. right like
0: if you toss mark Stahl on the ice you just know you're going to be penned in your zone for the next minute and a half exactly like and, h- and, and- how are you supposed to build momentum in a game when because you need to, you like your third and fourth line you need to throw out there basically you're just trying to like grind out the game and get your top guys a rest. It's, exactly. It's like you're just trying to kill clock. But you would also really just, you're trying to kill clock and maybe build some momentum. And right now the bottom half of the lineup's not doing that.
1: And you know that's that's killing the clock is a really in- interesting concept you brought up cuz like the Panthers as they are now like defense especially with their defensive acumen right now is the reality is they can't win 60 minute games. No, you can't. You can't. So how do you make the games? How do you make the game shorter? How do you make it 55 minutes? How do you make it 50 minutes? How do you make it 45 minutes? And how you do that is like by just like trying to take as much time for things as possible. It means maybe not rushing every single time that you, you have an opportunity to rush. And sometimes it means like just playing a defensive game. And and, and I, I don't
0: think this team can play a defensive game right now.
1: And, and that's the problem is they can't
0: walk down you, a game.
1: You don't have the, like that, that's what, that's the problem. It, it says a lot about the team is you have to shorten the game, but you also don't even have enough talent to shorten the game. Yeah. It's a very paradoxical, like, uh, um like situation where you just you're kind of just screwed yeah because
0: like in a sport with like a like a like a time limit like hockey right like you're trying to beat the other team but you're also trying to beat the clock
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right like if you're up in a game you're just you're just trying to last it out till the clock's done if you're down in a game it's you need to come back when you have the time They you aren't able to do that when your depth is just sucking the life out of you when it just actively hurts you. Yep. You know your depth doesn't need to win you games, but it can't lose you games, and it is what's costing this team games along with their special teams. Which, my goodness, score a power play goal, like
1: I wouldn't get it going. Yeah. Like for the life. Exactly. So it's it's they're a victim of. Not necessarily their own success, but they're they're definitely like like a victim of the just the situation they've put themselves in. And it, it's just it's at a point where you go into the game and you're just you're beating yourself, especially mentally. Is is you're just you you know like, okay, like Mark Stalls gonna play like 13, 14 minutes tonight. Like if you're Paul Maurice, like how like how's that gonna go? And he doesn't have a choice. He has to play him for that long. Yeah. Like, that's just... You have to. He's a body.
0: Right? And it's it's tough because it's like, you know, your coach can do some things, but they can't... Like, when you're stuck with the personnel you got, you're kind of limited. Yeah. Right? Like, if you give almost any coach a really good lineup, they're going to win games. And I don't think that's... You know, it doesn't indicate that they're a great coach. And if you give them a bad lineup... You can't fault them when those guys aren't able to get the job done.
1: Exactly. Like, I don't
0: think Paul Maurice is going to walk into Florida and fix Mark Stahl.
1: He's not. I don't
0: think he's going to teach nobody, Mark.
1: Nobody, I don't think anybody could do that.
0: I don't think he's going to walk in and teach Mark Stahl how to skate at the age of like 38.
1: It just <laughs> it
0: just won't be done. <clears throat>
1: it will not.
0: Um. But last thing, I do want to talk about the Panthers in this recent stretch of games. Um, Spencer Knight, three starts in a row. He's won two, including a 40-save shutout against the Carolina Hurricanes. All three starts above 900. We talked last episode that the Panthers should be giving Spencer Knight a run of starts. It looks like they've listened. Um, what have you thought of Spenny's performance over these three games?
1: He's been really good. He's been so good. He's been demonstrating his value. Like He's been really, really good.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, quite clearly, he's been miles better than Bob this year. Yeah. Right. And I think he deserves, like, obviously, you're going to want to get Bob a start at some point. Mm-hmm. But right now, when you're, if you're at, if you're trying to win games, you have to be playing Spencer Knight right now. Exactly. Right. If you're going into a game and you think, oh, this might be a coin flip game, right? This is a really good opponent we're going up against. Play Spencer Knight. If you're going up against, like, a Columbus, yeah, get Bob a
1: start. I I don't even know if it's that much of a knock on Bob. It's just, like, Spencer Knight is playing some really good hockey.
0: Yeah, I think, like, obviously, the Carolina game, outstanding. Outstanding. Um, He's looking a lot more settled in the net is a big thing for me. He looks a lot more settled. He's less scrambly. Um, I think one of the issues he gets into is when he's just kind of flying around uh, outside the crease, like he's just way too aggressive. He's over committing. He's not doing that as much lately. And I think that's been a huge help. Um, I think, you know, in the Anaheim game, it's a tough game. He gets beat on a, a penalty shot, but they get the win. Like the big thing for me is. In two of the games, I think he's doing what goalie should do, and you'd hope your goalies would do most nights, nice, which is give your team a chance to win. Yep. Right. Like he played well enough for them to win at Anaheim and they did. He I think he also played well enough for them to beat the Oilers. Like he, you know, I maybe the the one Tyson Barry goal, which is like an unscreen shot from the point, you would maybe want back. But yeah, it's the perfect placement of a shot. Like and it's a hard shot. So maybe credit to Tyson Barry there, the other Barry goal. It's on a screen, right? He made a ridiculous save on Leon Dreisaitl uh, yeah. in the first period. So I think Spencer Knight gave you a chance to win that game, and the other guy at the other end of the ice just kind of stole the game. It's that simple, right? Yep. He gave him a chance to win in both those games, and then conversely in the Carolina games, I think Car- like Spencer Knight, he w- was huge.
1: He really was.
0: You don't – like, I'm like, – I think yeah I mean we're big Spencer Knight guys obviously we really are naturally I mean but he is the guy um but I'm looking at like the game yesterday and it's like like they they like they lose that game closely with Spencer Knight and, Net, and they probably deserve to win based on the way they play and they got goalie at the other end I don't think that yeah. game's particularly close with Bob and Nett. no right
1: probably not
0: right it just isn't so I'm I'm really happy with what I've seen from him. He's looking much calmer in the net and I think having some s- starts in a row allows him to build that rhythm yep and so I'm hoping that continues and you can get a few more few more starts here uh over the next few like i would I would like hit, when a guy's hot like play him
1: Exactly. Like, and, and I, I honestly think goaltending should be like that because it's so based on streakiness minus a couple couple guys in the league. Like, streaks are so important for goalies. Like, when you're on, you're on. And you, all you want to do is play. And that's why I kind of wish that, that more teams would, would give guys – well, maybe not. Um, But, no. Sorry. I well, I'm i curious to know where you're going with this yeah I don't even know where I'm going with it all all that to say um definitely I think you ride the hot hand as long as you have it why wouldn't you
0: yeah even if Spencer Knight let's say like he had one like if he if he has one bad game I'm still probably going back to him the next one to be honest if he yeah. puts two bad ones together then I'm like all right he's not maybe he's not hot anymore go back
1: tomorrow. yeah it's like oh okay no. but
0: like you know everybody has it you know an off day right like Exactly. It's, it's yeah. fine, but right now he's he's playing some good hockey for them. Been by far the better goalie. I'm curious to see when we'll see when we'll see Bob again. I said last episode I wouldn't look to Bob till Columbus.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But and I think will. you
1: owe him that one.
0: <clears throat> I think he will get that one. I I imagine he gets one before that though, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too.
0: But that's what I would ideally like to see. Um But the strength of the schedule, like they got three pretty strong opponents coming up, and then Columbus. Like in between now and our next episode, there is three games, Washington, Dallas, Calgary. I think if you go, let's see, that's six available points. I think if you grab like... I think you need to grab at least four points from the next
1: yeah next three I, I, I think so too, and that that's fair that that gives you either one win and two overtime losses or two wins and one regulation loss. that's realistic like that's that's what we should be going for um definitely what I would expect and what i would I would be content with,
0: yeah, I'm also looking forward to the uh on next Saturday, I'm looking forward to the return of Jonathan Huberto to South Florida.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see if I can make it to their game uh, in Calgary in a couple weeks.
0: Ooh. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I was actually... I had the tickets pulled up earlier. Um, Yeah, on the 29th. So, um, should be good. Matthew Kachuk's return to, to Calgary. I don't think he'll get a lot of applause. Um, but... It's it's an interesting stretch that they have, like going into the early December and the end of November.
0: It isn't a new stretch, and I like. I'm curious because they got three, like they got the three good opponents coming up this week, but they're all like they're playing different styles. Yep, you know Washington. Washington, I I would love to see them beat up on Washington. Because Washington is pretty hurt right now. Yeah, right. So that to me is it. Like that's a game you should win. -hmm. And I'm expecting them to win that one. Dallas is a good team. Like that top line is ridiculously good
1: for them. Dallas is going to be the tough one.
0: Because but like all three of those teams, like they got some grit. I think Dallas has a really good like shutdown game if they can get to a lead early. You can't Mm -hmm. let that happen. Because if Dallas shuts you down, I don't know if the Panthers are going to be able to work their way out of it. Yeah. And then Calgary, I think there's just going to be you know, a lot of emotion, obviously, with, you know, seeing some old faces for these guys. Um, I'm predicting at least two fights in that game.
1: I think that's a super realistic win for the Panthers.
0: The Flames? Yeah. It, it really is because they're two pretty good teams, but they play very different styles. It's hooking get the other team to play their style better. Exactly. Right. Like I think if you get into a track meet with the Flames, you got a good shot. But if you let the Flames just clog up the neutral zone and lock it down and play their really boring Daryl Sutter hockey, you're gonna have a tough time because you just don't have the personnel to play like that. Exactly. Um but yeah, I'm predicting at least two fights. Uh I'm gonna say Nikita Zadorov fights Sam Bennett. Okay. And I'm gonna say Blake Coleman fights Radko Gudis. Alright. That's my prediction for that one. I don't have a score prediction for it, just a fight prediction.
1: Okay. I like it.
0: And Matthew Kachuk draws at least two penalties.
1: He will. He starts at least five scrums.
0: A hundred percent.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah, just a little a little stick between the eyes of Markstrom.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: No. Oh. That's the other thing too, by the way. Matthew Kachuk back from suspension after the yep. uh uh, in the Carolina game. So that's always good to see too. Missed him.
1: Really good to see.
0: Really, really good to see. Um, But yeah, I think that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for everyone tuning and listening. We'll be back next week, the brand new episode talking more Panthers hockey and stuff from around the league. And yeah, we'll see you all then.